Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. This podcast is dedicated to helping attorneys earn more money, get better clients, and spend more time with family. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik, founder of Law Firm Success Group. Smart business guidance for small law firms begins in three, two, one. And it's my pleasure to welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage, Miranda McCroskey, founder and lead attorney of Unlock Legal. Miranda, how are you doing today? Hi, LA. I'm doing great. I've been looking forward to this conversation, and here we are. Me too. Thank you so much for joining us on the program today. Tell us a little bit about you and your law firm, Unlock Legal. Well, I had been a criminal defense attorney for about 20 years, and somewhere along the line, I realized that a lot of my clients were licensed professionals who had just gotten a criminal conviction, and they were wondering how that was going to impact their license. And so I decided I'd really like to focus on those clients and their specific problems. And so I founded Unlock Legal, and we focus, we still do criminal defense, but we focus on most of our efforts on professional license defense. And how did you end up with that focus? Was it something intentional that you did or just take me through that journey there? Well, um, as a criminal defense attorney, again, when, when someone with a license had a criminal conviction, to their great surprise sometimes, they would get documents from their place of business and or their licensing agency. So an insurance salesman might get a DUI and next thing they know, the Department of Insurance is asking them what that's all about, or a nurse uh, might have a a drug charge and that causes a big problem with the Board of Registered Nursing. So in seeing all of these issues come up, these secondary issues, I thought, you know, I'd really like to put some focus on exploring and representing people in front of their licensing boards. So we're what I like to call board agnostic. And what Uh I mean by that is we help people in all the different boards, departments, and agencies. I mean, from x-ray technicians to teachers, CPAs, all the different kinds of nursing, doctors, I mean, anybody really, anybody um, with an issue. And I also like to say we help people get their license, keep their license, and get their license back. Well, that is a truly unique niche. I haven't heard of that before. And so congratulations on staking out some really specific territory for your firm. And as far as geography, uh, how widely does your firm operate? We're statewide, but just in California at the moment. At the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more about that. Oh, well, it's just a dream at the moment, but we wouldn't mind having offices in other states. We just have to figure out how to make that happen. (laughs) Awesome. One of the things I, I love about our conversations is that you are an attorney and you're a really good one you're also a really good entrepreneur and you have structured your law firm to run like a really good business, but it may not have always been that way. So take me through, you know, from when you got started and then what were some of the things that happened where you decided, you know what, I want to run this thing like a business and here's how I'm going to make that happen. Yeah, there was a process. (laughs) Um, Yeah. In the early 2000s, I was on my own crappy criminal defense attorney, just kind of hand to mouth. And then I got married and had a couple babies and, and actually being on my own was beneficial in that time because I needed to have flexibility with the kids. 
and all that. But in about 2014, I started my own podcast called Lawpreneur Radio. And the idea was I would talk to entrepreneurial attorneys um, and ask them how they found the courage and inspiration to like leave government law or leave corporate law and go out on their own. And after about 150 interviews and learning things like systems and leverage and <laughs> things that I didn't have in place, you know, a bookkeeper, <laughs> business <laughs> plan, I really had a breakdown that led to a breakthrough around like, wow, I don't know anything about running a law firm. And the irony is I started the podcast to talk to people about running a law firm. I did another hundred or so interviews after that. And every one of them was a <laughs> coaching session for myself <laughs> and how, how people were succeeding out there. But I really saw, I started to see what was really missing in what I was doing. Um, so that, that led to the transformation. And then since then, I've educated myself a lot and through different programs and different books. And uh, I have an ongoing business advisor um, and all of those things in order to run this firm more like a business. So that is a really interesting story because of the evolution you went through and how you did it. You did it through all of these interviews, 200 or 200 plus, uh -huh. which is really cool. And a lot of attorneys don't do that. And I'm curious to get your perspective because you made this transition and really, really have embraced the concept of being a business owner. Why is that something that not all attorneys just do? Oh, I think the E-Myth by Michael Gerber would tell you the answer to that. Um, he would say that we come out of law school as technicians and we know how to practice law like a dentist or a veterinarian, but that doesn't mean we know anything about running a business. Management skills, operations, P&Ls, those are a whole nother skill set. Another cut on that would be as lawyers, we're trained to have like a win-lose mindset right? I mean, that's what I'm doing. I'm fighting battles for my clients all day long. And in my world, it's against the government, but other people are against the government or against private individuals. And when you're a business owner, you kind of have to have a win-win mindset with your employees. You have to learn to listen and, and care about their opinions. And that's not what we're normally trained in. So your question was, why don't more attorneys run their firms like businesses? I think they're just not educated to do it. It's not a mindset that they've adopted. Yeah, it's something that seems to be almost a, a different reality, as you said, a different mindset, a very different way of approaching their daily life. And Miranda, what are some of the benefits that you've seen as you've run your firm as a business? Well, the first one I'm going to say kind of cuts both ways. There are attorneys out there who are going to hear this and not consider it a business. I mean, excuse me, a benefit. And that would be not practicing law that much anymore. My hands are pretty full managing my team and all the things that come with running a business. I'm okay with only bringing my skill set in to assist the attorneys under me with, you know, subtleties and nuances and bringing resources to the table. Um, but I'm not knee deep in the day to day practice of law. So for me, it's a benefit. But again, that's something I ask young attorneys all the time. How are you wired? Are you, are you wired to run a business and be an entrepreneur? Are you wired to get the work done? And we need both kinds. And so if, if attorneys who are listening are wired to get the work done, like they pride themselves on their intellectual prowess and, and you know, that they can write a mean patent application, right? Because they have all this 
scientific background and legal background or whatever, they might not be so enthralled with, with running it like a business. Well, they might if they hear about what a day is like in the life of Miranda McCroskey. So if you wouldn't mind, take us through a typical weekday that you have in your current role. I have five uh, direct reports. And so I spend on Mondays, I spend time meeting with them and making sure they've got their weeks planned out and asking what their top initiatives are and um, just making sure we're all on the same page. And then uh, the rest of the, that takes the day. And then the rest of the days, uh, I have check-ins with them. And then I get my business, <laughs> the things you have to do to run a business. I do that throughout the rest of the day. I have long days. I don't have to. That's the beauty of all of this, right? I, I read recently, you can invest in, this is probably a sleeping generalization, but you can invest in stocks, real estate, or people. So I thought that was really compelling. And I, I basically am investing in these people to assist me in running the firm. So that would be a synopsis of a typical week or day is investing in these people. Investing in these people. And if I think about a typical attorney's day, it might start you know, pretty early in the morning, around eight o'clock or so, maybe around nine. Uh, then they have their all their legal work to do and their calls with potential clients and and doing the billable work, which takes them to, you know, dinner time. Then they put some work in after dinner and they're typically working until, you know, later hours of the day. And they they do all of that. And then weekends, of course, they have to work. And then when they take vacation, uh, of course, they're working during that time as well. Tell me a little bit about the flexibility and the freedom that you have because you're running your law firm like a business. There is a lot more. I used to do all that myself. I mean, all of it. I did sales. <laughs> <laughs> I did client consultations. I did the fulfillment of their work. I did all all of it, the update letters, the negotiation, you know. But now I'll tell you, let me answer it this way. So you asked about the flexibility. Um I hired my first associate a few years ago, and it was after years of saying, I can't afford it, I can't afford it, right? And then I did it, and then I realized I can't afford not to have a helper. And and it was challenging. Delegation is one of those management skills that actually is a true skill. And it was challenging to learn how to delegate to her and, and even be okay letting letting the work get out of my hands and letting her her work be good enough. But I did it, and little by little, that did get me flexibility because I start to have, you know, I, I understand, like I believe in her. I, she she becomes credible to me. I, I she's competent. I can start letting her handle things, and that snowballs. And so the answer to your question of the flexibility is yes. Once you have people who can do the work to the standards that I require. Once I have those people in place, I am then able to go on vacation. I just got back from spring break with my family and I checked in a couple times and that was probably more times than I needed or should have. Um, I think they like it when I go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's definitely a challenge to, to bring them on and delegate. And then, but once you do, uh, at least for me, I realized right away what an advantage it was to free myself up. Miranda, what I found really interesting about that response is that all of the issues you brought up, the ability to delegate, the you know, trusting your employee, having your employee earn that trust so that you could back off uh, and as you trusted her more and more, and then 
you actually wanting to check in, even though maybe you didn't need to, those were all things, all changes that you had to make. I didn't hear anything about how your team wasn't performing well, or you know they weren't doing what they were supposed to do. So all this weight fell on your shoulders. And yet that is, those are the kinds of complaints I hear about from um, you know people actually, usually as a reason for why we should start working together. So I'd love to get your perspective on how you've built this high performance team that clearly you trust. Hmm. When my associate, the one I have now, who's really wonderful, but her first 90 days with me, it was tough because she didn't know anything about my area of law. And, and I was definitely feeling like I was investing so much time in her and I, I, I couldn't see the forest for the trees, right? I, I couldn't see the future. I just thought, whoa, this is a, a time suck. <laughs> but about the, about the four month mark, it's like the penny drop. And, and she started taking these affirmative steps that I'd be like, oh, you did that? But I'd look at it and I'd say, and you did it so well. And, and it grew from there. So your question was, how did I grow a solid team? And the reason I told you the answer that way was to show it didn't start that way. And I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not any great management guru. I'm working on it all the time. So I don't have a secret like how I train her. I think being very available to them, um, which which doesn't speak to the flexibility you mentioned earlier, but I think being available to the team to to ask answer their questions. And I always like to tell them the why behind things. I don't just give them the tasks. I tell them what the results should look like and why that task is relevant to the big picture. I, I don't I don't know exactly how I get my results, but they're good at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's here's what I heard, Miranda. Uh, the first is that you're flexible. You were willing to accept a different level of quality from your associate, knowing you know, and, and learning that that level of quality was okay. She didn't have to do things the exact same way that you did them. The other thing is clearly you had patience. You gave her four months and longer, but you started seeing results in four months, not in two weeks. You know, <laughs> this was a long-term thing that you got involved with and you had the patience to, to, to ride that through and to spend a lot of time guiding and mentoring and teaching. The third thing is you took the time, you invested in yourself and you learned the skills that you would need to know to be a good manager. You learn how to delegate. You learn how to manage people. You just mentioned that your focus clearly is on your team. That's where your time is going. Mm -hmm. And so no wonder they're getting great results because you're giving them lots of attention. You're not just shooting off a quick email with some red lines and letting them figure it out out for themselves. You're involved in their work and their professional development. And all of that stuff matters. And I think it's important for everyone who's listening. If you're listening to this podcast, please take note of this. You don't need to be a corporate uh, manager superstar. You don't, as Miranda said, there's no secrets here, right? There's no magic wands or anything like that. In fact, you don't even necessarily need to have a master plan, but what you do need to do is continue to work on yourself, have some patience and really invest and, and do what you have to do to just continue to make your team better. And that's how, that's how the dividends come to you, it's going to happen over the long term. Yes, I would agree. And so as as you've done all of those things, um, one of the questions I have for you, Miranda, something that really a lot of attorneys struggle with 
is this idea of business development and bringing in the business, but then having trusted associates do the work. So they're not actually doing the work. A lot of them have challenges with that concept. They feel like if they brought in the client, they should do the work. What are your thoughts around that? My thought is that sounds like me a whole bunch of years ago when I was living hand to mouth. <laughs> I brought in the work. <laughs> I mean, I brought in the business and did the work. Um, I can't, I, it, I feel like it's an either or at this point. It depends. On, okay, let me do it this way. Scalability. If you're bringing in a lot of business, you don't have time to do the work. So I know what you're pointing to. They think I'm the name partner. I have to do it. But I just, I just disagree with that concept. I wouldn't be able to have any growth if I had to do the work. And that is the point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, law firms are one of those, it, it's, all, it's a very rare business in that they try and force most law firm owners to wear so many different hats. You've mm-hmm. got to be an attorney, right? To own a law firm in California. But then if you own a law firm in California, you also have to do the business development and a large mm-hmm. part of the marketing. And now you have to manage people and you have to hire and, you know, you have to do all of these things. And so I guess, you know, one of the questions I have for you, Miranda, is as you learned how to run a law firm and you, you've acquired a lot of skills over that time, business development, hiring, mentoring, delegation, you know, client service, you mentioned bookkeeping. There's a lot of things that even though you're not doing them yourself, you had to learn how to do those things. How does it compare? If you think about learning to practice law and learning to run a business, how do those two compare with each other? There's a big gap. <laughs> There's a big difference um, for me. For me, it's the ans- it's kind of the answer I gave earlier, where it's the win lose mentality versus the win win mentality, and it's dealing with people. I mean, for most of my career, I was a lone wolf. I decided really early in my law career, I didn't want to work for anyone or have anyone work for me. I was tired of being in the firm and that whole, all, all of the stuff that comes from being a, an associate in a firm. And that got me only so far. So let's see, the dif- you asked, what's the difference between learning to practice law and learning to run a firm? Learning to practice law is an academic exercise. Um, law school does teach you how to think like a lawyer and it's invaluable. Handling people's problems, other people's problems is different than managing your own problems. Yeah, they're just worlds apart to me. M- running a business doesn't occur like an academic exercise. Yeah, there's some um, smarts like reading a P&L. <laughs> That's still kind of above me. I'm, I'm figuring out all the details. But you know what? I'm not a CFO and I don't have a finance degree. So I, I just think they're worlds apart. That's been the biggest pain point for me is, frankly, is giving up who I knew myself to be and what I was good at, which was being a practicing lawyer and being and doing something else that I don't feel particularly skilled at. It gets better every single day and the results show I'm doing an all right job. But um, that's something for your listeners to consider. It's <laughs> The gap is painful. Yeah, it is. It is painful and it is daunting. And so what were some of the things that, that you did and are still doing to start to cross that gap and to think of yourself differently? That's, that's a transformation. Yeah, it is. Um, well, I mentioned that I have a business advisor and I meet with him often. We've been together for four years. In the beginning, I met with him once a month for three hours and that felt like a huge expense. <laughs> but uh, that, that worked for a number of months until we decided we weren't getting any traction. So 
then I was stingy and I'm like, well, I'll split those three hours up into two times. So it's an hour and a half here. And, yeah. Yeah. And then that got silly. And so then we started to do more and more. Now we meet three hours on Tuesdays and three hours on Thursdays and it's worth every penny. So hiring an expert or maybe not an expert, well, he is an expert, but for the listeners, hiring someone like you and your firm or other places that'll help you grow, that can see the forest for the trees, that can have skill sets that you don't have. That's been one thing. I'm reading Stephen Covey's Seven Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which has been around for 30 years, but it has these timeless messages that have actually really helped a lot. And practice. Here's one. Okay. As an attorney who's been doing my own thing, well, I wanted to be the star. It's my firm. When there's a meeting, I want to lead it. When there's something to say, I want to say it. And learning to shut up and back down and let the team say what they need to say so that they take ownership so that they can handle it. That's been a, that's been a doozy too. (laughs) Yeah. That's gotta be one of the more challenging things to do is to just not say anything during a meeting and let your team, let your team take that ball, especially when you see that they're not exactly going the direction that you would go with this, you know, and it's funny when everything turns out. Okay. That's right. Everything turns out. Okay. Yeah. I, I like to, to take that concept and and there's something I heard called, do you want to be rich or do you want to be king? And I'm like, rich, of course, but you know, there's a lot of places I want to be king. If you follow the distinction, it's about ego pretty much. I do. Yeah. So um, that's been challenging, but the more I give up being the king and let other people do it and I know they're doing it for me so that I can be rich, <laughs> that, that helps a lot. What's great is you've got that priority clear, right? <laughs> you're, you're okay. You're learning how to give up uh, that level of control and that level of status to laugh all the way to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Miranda, you've been great with your time. Is there any other parting advice that you would give to lawyers who are saying, you know, I want to do what Miranda did. I want to learn how to run my law firm like a really good business. You know, I'm just going to repeat, get help. I don't think you can do it alone. We weren't trained for it. We have a degree in something that's totally distinct from running a business. So call LA, call who you need to, but get help from someone who has a different skill set and different mindset than you do. You can't, I I would never be here if I hadn't had help. And now that you are here and you've, and you've made all the, all of those changes and you're in the process of this awesome transformation what excites you about the next 12 to 18 months at Unlock Legal? Well, continued growth. Yeah. It's, it's all, this, all, this whole plan is for, to be scalable. And so um, continued growth, whether it's called moving outside of California or not, I'm not committed to that yet. But my own continued growth, my ability to have more and more flexibility, hiring more attorneys having more clients, you know, it's all for me, it's all about liberty and having everyone having the life of their dreams. And so when I help my clients free up their licenses, so they can do what they want. And I help my employees, you know, be able to have the life of their dreams around me. That's, that's what I'm aiming for. And 12 to eight months is, is uh, just the tip of the iceberg. Love to hear that. That's great. Uh, Miranda, if people want to reach out to you and connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Well, my email, Miranda at unlocklegal.com or go through the website, unlocklegal.com. You'll find me. Miranda, you have been so generous with all your experience and being open about it and sharing that. 
and all your advice. Congratulations on all your success. And thank you so much for being on Lawyer Business Advantage. Thank you. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. And I want to hear from you. So connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of this episode. And if you are a solo or an owner of a small law firm, and you're looking to earn more money, attract better clients, or reduce your stress, we would love to talk with you to see how we can help. Request your free law firm assessment by visiting lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. Again, that URL is lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Ale Yajnik. Until next time, remember, you can seize freedom. You can embrace happiness. You can build your perfect practice.